You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Hey everybody, this is Ken Vellante from Something Rather Than Nothing, and I have Celicia Oldholm. Uh, reaching her from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, Celicia, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to have you on. And um, one of one of the things I just wanted to introduce folks um, to you in a couple of your a uh, couple of things you, um, I've read about you is that uh, you're an indigenous artist uh, and you create uh, an array of art genres um, but have an affinity to, to beadwork and I actually learned a lot reading your descriptions of the beadwork by the materials that that you use I've never uh, in my experience like was reading particularly like the details and with so that was that was really great to see a, a comment um, or a statement uh, that I read that I wanted to ask you about it uh, immediately because um, it really it really in- interested me. Uh, you wrote that I feel that artistry can empower individuals and empower and motivate them to seek more land knowledge, traditional ecological knowledge. Can you tell me about uh, that statement? Because I um you know I talk about art a lot, but the connection that you made right there is not one that I've I've run into much. Yeah, I um I didn't get to do art when I wanted to and um I I was very mindful of my mom's wishes. My mom raised me and um you know, I I suppose I could have changed like the minute that I turned 18, but I was set on being in college and um uh, somehow Somehow through the years that I was in my bachelor's degree, I took a lot of, um, well, in American terms, it's Native American studies courses. And the catch term now that everybody uses is indigenous. And I don't know how long it's going to take for that to get into academia. But um, everything was defined for me for a historical context once I got to college. So when I was in below college, high school and elementary years, all of my teachings on traditional knowledge came from my family. And uh, I didn't get any of that in our school. Um, We did have Native studies teachers that came in that would try to teach us the language, but we weren't exposed to the language enough um, and consistently enough to pick up uh, anything but like kind of how it is with Spanish like you just pick up a few words here and there and and you remember those words but and not enough to get fluent and so in college um, through the Native Studies courses um, the way that they talk about the knowledge that you learn from the land is ecological it's it's the ecology it's the the land ecological knowledge t-e-k traditional ecological knowledge and that's the catch term the catchphrase 
for that type of knowledge. And I'd say over the years, um, while Indigenous people have gotten into academia, whether they were raised with that, whether they were fortunate enough to have that or not, they uh, were able to learn more about it in a formal sense at, at a college level. So, so if you want to incorporate that into your studies, you know, after you start getting permissions to use those topics, uh, it's really hard to do that for some reason in academia. They don't, they, they discredit that type of knowledge. So, so I think there was a lot of effort to create labels and terms for the way that we learn as Indigenous people, the way that we would have learned before a school system would have came, um, the practicality of it. And so what I mean by my information is, well, for one, uh, I didn't get to really invest in my time with art uh, until the last four or five years and uh, that was a super traumatic transition for me and and for two um, because I do practice my spirituality and I do practice my cultural upbringing that's where I go with my art and that's that's what I mean is is like the things that I learn I want to express it and I'm glad that I did get a formal education, and so I, I just put it in those formal terms, um, because also in, in art, in college, it's like there's that expectation of them to for you to define everything in a really in a really formal way, and so that I was lucky to have all that like the education before I finally was able to circle back around the art. So then I could define it. And, and so it's just a real fancy way of saying, I want to focus on our cultural upbringing and the things that we learned from the land. And I want to use my art to empower our people to be motivated to uh, continue to learn our ways. And that's what, that's kind of what I meant by that. <laughs> Yeah, I um no, th- and thank you. I um you know uh you mentioned like, you know uh, uh university and, and and college structure and and one of the things in talking to um indigenous guests and exploring say art or even science um, ecology is that there's uh there's when you mentioned the discrediting or the discounting of the types of knowledge, it's one thing that I learned over the last few years, right? That there's this kind of set, like, can you fit what you're saying into this Western block model of science, art, and et cetera. And I think the vocabulary at times is, um, is difficult with, a, uh, you know, with uh, your approach to kind of uh, translate or fit in, in into that. Um, one of the areas of science, I was reading a lot of different ways of viewing science, different ways of viewing plants and the language to talk about that and their meaning, their meaning, uh, being different. Um, so it's always this like 
uh, translation uh, part, but I loved what what you said there because my my brain in looking at like even the materials of your beadwork, just at least on the surface, understood you know some of the materials and and, and where they came from. Um, I wanted I wanted to to ask you about um, the Santa Fe market. I know uh, uh, you you got some recognition there, and I have uh, been down uh, that way uh, to Albuquerque. I've never been to the market. I've read so much about it. Um, can you tell Can you tell us what like what that was like? Your recent experience there and uh, the recognition you received. Yeah, it's it's really. Um... There's like no words. I think for myself, I've known about that market since I was a little kid like that. But but growing up, it was always something that was out of reach. And um, so for me, experiencing it was a pretty big deal. Um, I think there's there's some lucky people who their family were already in art and had already participated down there and they grew up attending that market and so they don't look at it the same way Uh, but for me it's it's pretty special um just going down there there was hundreds of artists that they have to jury in you know it's an art competition they have to jury in and then you don't have to submit a piece but if you get accepted you can you I think the point of some people's goal is to be able to table so they have their things that they've been making for who knows how long maybe all year maybe just a month worth of work or whatever but some people I've been told they show up down there and that's their income for the whole year like they're going down there with all their work and and with a point to make a lot of money yeah and um the experience is really drawn out compared to some other um, Indian art markets that I've been to because it there's like a day when you turn in your work, then there's a day where they judge the work, then there's a day where they do just um, celebrating just like um, award winners and then also there's a reception. And then the market starts the next, the next day. <laughs> so it's really drawn when you're exhausted. When you're exhausted, yeah. you'll be like, okay, let's start. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, kind of everybody that submits is, I mean, they're trying really hard. It's not even about, it's not even about the money. Well, for myself, I'm so new. But I think once you get into the like really high tiered ribbons, um, I think you can get a little bit of more money. But like those lower tiers, like a regular ribbon, like a first or a second place, I think there's like judges choices and things like that, but they come with less award money. So it's not about that. It's just about um, like the, the competition of it, I think, is what it is, is you submitted something, your work is in there, there's this gigantic ballroom where they hold all the work for the judging, and then that's where they will also show it. So they'll open up that room when they're done, and like all these people come in, and they get to see your ribbon, they get to see your work, or if you ribboned. Um, the cool thing is uh, they don't separate your work from 
the other work, which is not true at other shows. Like other shows, they'll separate the award winners from the rest of the work. And the, the cool thing about this work is you get to see all of the work that was submitted. And so it's not, in that way, it's not discriminatory, which I think is really nice because then you still get that special moment of everybody comes in to see your work that was submitted. Yeah. And that feels nice. You know, it feels good to be able to participate in that part because um, other shows that I've gone to, they've done this where they separate it so then they have a reception and then when you go um it's only award winners and so you already go knowing oh i didn't win and yeah yeah you're just kind of bopping around looking at people and <laughs> what am i supposed to do <laughs> i know <laughs> you're like eating the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> you're like hmm, what do i eat next and uh then the market is so many people um the first year I went was last, not this year, but the year before last, and it rained. I was so cold. And um, they opened up a new section of the, of the plaza area this year, so it kind of extended past where I was set up this year. And um, it got really, really hot. And I don't live there, so I don't live in that climate region, so I was kind of dying like about 3 p.m. And uh, they have they have it set up all over that um, plaza area. And it, it extends out like on the different streets. And, and uh, oh, man, it's just a really good experience to do. And then they have a lot of other things going on. But um, it, it is it is a pretty um, – it's a pretty good thing to experience as an Indigenous artist for those who like to participate in um, art markets. It's just, there's just a lot going on and there's so many people that you can meet, like other artists that you can meet. And it, it is, it is really awesome. I, uh, I knew before I asked that I, uh, Maybe shouldn't ask because I get like really excited where I want to go now. So, <laughs> but, uh, thank you so much for the description. I've, I've, I've thought about it a, a, a whole bunch and I've just made my way down there traveling, but I'm coming in contact with um, that are in, in hearing about uh, that market um, is going to make it special uh, for me to, to, to see sometime. Um, I wanted to ask you this. We've been banding about uh, the term art, um, but Celicia, uh, what what do you think art is? What's art for you? What is art? Mm. Uh, I guess I sort of see it as two things. Um, for me, I think it's always been, you know, just being really skilled in in a craft. Um, gosh, I am so, I have like no vocabulary most of the time. <laughs> I like to say stuff a lot. Um, I, I feel like it's like when you, you're just so skilled at a craft and you have a passion to, to continue to do it, you know, and it makes you happy. Like those are the type of things, or maybe it's, uh, like for myself, like with beadwork it's that it's like the thing that was given to me by my grandmother and um 
it's so invaluable and it's also something that's not easy like I think it's not easy I think art is not easy like I think people think that but it's not easy it's like it takes so much thought and so much um like before you even doing it like you're kind of thinking about it for a long time before you do it and you could be working on other things but it's always um healing it's a healing process and uh the funny thing is I think that there's a a too much emphasis uh for myself this is the unpopular opinion as people say, oh, you have to do this with a good heart. Oh, you have to, you know, you have to be in a good mindset. But for me, it's like, well, you're not always like that. I mean, human beings are not always happy. We're not always happy. And a lot of time, you know, we're going through something and, and a lot of time, that's your time to be able to sit and reflect. And, and uh, if I, if I didn't bead every single time I was feeling down or bad or whatever, man, I would get nothing done. I would get nothing. <laughs> I would just be like, like so you need depressed. to go through, yeah. you need to go through that, like in, in, in work it through that way. Yeah. Like I need it to be able to go on with life. Like I feel like it's just a part of my, uh, I wouldn't say my worth, but something about that. It's something about like being able to move forward and take steps in in my own life. And even if I wasn't trying to sell any of those things that I made, it would still feel that way because those things are connected to um, who I want to be as an as a sailor's woman or a crow woman, like. I want to be able to have that skill and I want to be able to provide those things for my family and I want to be able to um, be there if, if my family needs to know those things. Like I don't want to, I don't want to put it down and let it go and then say, Oh, I used to be a long time ago. You know, I hear people say that and I'm thinking, yeah. why don't you still be like, you want to watch Netflix and you don't want to be why (laughs) yeah Yeah. you you gotta it's kind of like the things that breathing or something yeah it's like that's like a part of the day like you should be able to have something to do during the day even if you weren't selling those things And, and to me that's that's what it is you know and and um I really do enjoy learning other forms but my heart always goes back to trying to incorporate beadwork into everything. And um, so for me, that's that's art is having that skill that sort of helps you get through life. And, you know, it's a part of it. It's tied into it, you know. It's a it's a balance. It's part of the balance of of just being during, during the day, during a daily basis. Yeah. Well, thank you for your for your beautiful artwork. Um, I enjoy the photography and uh, painting as well. When you're talking about going to beadwork and that, I, I love that when you're talking about like need that and whatever you're going through that, that's for you in, in creation. But um, what's the process? For, I mean, do you ever, let me ask this question. I mean, like you ever in a, a, a like thinking about painting um, is, 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 is there something that, that, 
at least the process for you to go through that that's that's different because um, you're skilled in, in in different areas and beadwork being primary what does say either the photography or or the painting or for you and your art process do for you um well for me like the photography is something that I I wanted to have I wanted to learn it I don't practice it enough but I wanted to learn it because I think that it helps with um framing imagery like a photographer knows ratios they know how much of something needs to be within a frame and I use that with everything that I do like it's not just photography it's like painting or drawing or um or uh beading too like I use it I use those tips and everything and and so also I wish that I wish that I had more time so that I could could do that. But then the painting, why do I like, the painting is not more about that if I can paint. It's more about the color. I really like yeah. color theory. I like the color theory and I like the ability to be able to co- produce a color. Um, and I didn't really get as much teaching on that either as I would have liked and I think that's why with the other things that I like to do I don't do them as much because because I didn't have enough training in them to to feel like a spark to keep going back to it and um I I will do it if somebody asks me and if it's something that I haven't done I'll you know I'll study I'll study a process like the formal process but for me it's like the being able to focus and I relate a lot of things to um that to non-indigenous techniques formal I don't know what to call them formal techniques yeah I relate a lot of those things to what I know from my own background like the things that we do and I like to see how to substitute those things or how to frame it into my own perspective um and so I think that for myself it's important to learn what non-indigenous um artists and teachers do because uh I don't know I've been asked about it before and and I found and this is an unpopular thing too, but but to me, it's the most helpful thing in my whole life is I found that being non-discriminatory about everything in the learning process is far more beneficial than trying to just segregate, you know, is it a native teaching? Is it not a native teaching? Is this our ways? This is not our ways, you know, and, and trying to include the best of everything into what I do is seems to be it seems to work best you know it seems to be able to where I'm not separating things I don't like doing that I like to be able to bring in um, best practices of people and try out new things and and probably like a lot of artists you know I don't get to try everything that I want to try but um, you know I have hopes (laughs) Yeah, 
I have hopes to try it. It's like one day I want to try oil painting, and then I think I don't know when I'm ever going to. Oh my god! Yeah, (laughs) that seems. Hey, we should all be open to different art forms, and and I certainly am. I painted, but um, somebody please, please, please help with application of oil paint. And I have no patience. Like I can't, uh, I need help because I have no patience either. I'm like, this thing should be dried. I want to do something with it. But um, one of the, I I really loved listening to your different types of uh, the, you know, integration and knowledge. One of the things, you know, I started the podcast four years ago and, you know, it, 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 I I just thought art and I, I probably thought about art in like traditional ways, maybe from the university or, but then the show, just really develop in a, in, in a different direction based on my guests and my curiosity and learning. And I learned so much from indigenous guests. Like um, I'll tell you one, like uh, I was talking to Steph Littlebird, um, painter, designer, and she was describing to me like color. Cause I was like asking about the color she used and she was describing about um, uh, powwow and um, the motion and color. And I got to tell you, like, at that point, I was able to see, I was able to see things that I didn't see, the magnificent fluorescence in the flow. It was there, but something in my brain needed to be able to open up and, and, and see it. And um, another piece, too, as far as the uh, me thinking about like the integration of um, of the land and art, um, I'm a big fan of uh, the music art, musical artist uh, Black Belt Eagle Scout. And in her last, uh, in her last album is the land, the sky, uh, the sea. And there's these, uh, there's these beautiful, you know, elements of nature and running river and, um, songs about salmon. I was so influenced by it. Like when I'm in the water or in a river, I'll listen to it in the river. And that was like one of these art experiences of learning where I don't know what my experience was exactly, but I understood more deeply um, something that I, that I didn't understand uh, before. didn't think about it. There's, there's an aspect where art sometimes seems the way we talk about it, that it's so separate, right? Mm. Like, am Mm -hmm. I seeing it at the Guggenheim in a perfectly lighted type thing? And I think we think about it um, that way sometimes. Um, So, what I also wanted to ask is, um, and you, you've gotten at this a, a bit, but I, I do want to formally ask you the role of art uh, in creation, um, or is there something about being an artist right now that you feel is more important? Um, just, just in the sense of the role of the artist uh, in the world. Yeah, I think right now it is it is really important. I don't think, I don't think it's more or less important than what it was. I think, uh, I think there's like this, this urgency right now, though, like in indigenous, um, nations to get back to their ways. And right now there's so much, um, politics going on about identity. And, um, I think, as artists, we have that agency to be able to help people to really um, grasp onto something that's tangible because there's so many 
skills within different tribes that you can learn that are uh, would result in a, some type of adornment. Um, that being able to have a commitment to learning is a huge part of identity, and I think um, I think people who want to be more forgiving of what it is to be indigenous, they'll say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like they'll say things like that, but it does matter because, because we are putting, we're putting some, I mean, how do you measure something? You know, how do you measure like what it is to be indigenous? Like it does matter. And, and part of that is having um, a tie to your culture, you know, or, or in my mind, it's a commitment. I think it's a commitment to the culture. So for me, like I have three daughters that I didn't give birth to, but you know, they're girl I raised them and I make sure to tell them things including our craftsmanship. You know, I'm like, you need to learn how to do this. And when they were younger it was even more so like if somebody's showing this, you need to pay attention, you need to help, you need to learn how to put application to it because in the end uh, there's always like this one phase of life in your 20s people think it's like when you have a midlife crisis it's like when you get older that that actually happens <laughs> happens in your 20s it happens when you get older here's a, here's a note to <laughs> listeners it yeah. can happen a, it can happen a few times don't feel you're yeah. gonna wait for the midlife it used yeah. who knows if it was that way but it ain't that way i know and you just it's like you cry from 21 to 29 you just like cry all the time and so I think it's important to have taught them as kids or younger people to grasp onto something. And uh, for me, because I because I've learned how much everything is tied to our stories, which is tied to our land, um, that gives such a strong tie to identity. So knowing where you are, knowing where you are helps you to know who you are and so that role it's pretty important you know it's pretty important to have a commitment to tell yourself well I'm going to continue to learn this skill I'm going to continue to do it and then it's like any skill though it's like you have to practice it and um, I think I think that's where people sort of like I suppose there's a lot of other opinions, but that's my opinion. You know, I feel like if you're if you're not gonna put the commitment into that, and then try to come around and tell me that it doesn't matter, like I don't believe that. You know, it's like it does matter because I I work real hard to to uh, do those things, and and those things are sometimes t- tied to my cultural or my culture, my spiritual. Um, beliefs and those spiritual beliefs help me in my daily life you know and uh so I'm not just gonna take it lightly or uh you know I'm not gonna be super empathetic to a person who doesn't want to make a commitment to to who they are and their way of life and the things that 
the hard work it's hard work that's what it is it's the hard work that goes into it and 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 yeah and it's tied to identity so you know as an indigenous person like yeah I get real philosophical about it but but I feel like that's the expectation and that's what I I want to make sure that I am clear about it for myself so you know I'm not going to get lost in it and just trying to be you know good about it and just trying to make sure that because I am responsible for kids I want to make sure that they understand it and um, yeah so things like the craftsman like I think about all of I think about a lot of other craftsmanship like it's not just beadwork like there's a lot of things that go into producing um some of the things that we use to dress ourselves in like tanning tanning hides that's like a whole thing or um uh what is the word everybody uses now I say gathering but it makes me laugh when people say harvesting we're gonna go harvest and like no, just you're gonna go gather it. Just go get it. <laughs> just get it. You don't have to say harvest. <laughs> but they they'll like uh, gather, you know, items for dyes or uh, and that's like a whole thing, you know. Just, yeah. just all this knowledge that you have to know. Or there's a uh, what was the one that's oh quill work. That's a whole another thing. And. Uh, God, there's so much. There's so many things, and it depends on where you're from. There's weaving. There's all types of weaving. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. There's just so much, and it and it is tied so strongly to identity. So that's the role. That's where I put it. That's where I hold it at. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I ask a lot of questions, like, you know, looking for answers in philosophy, and I kind of know that as heavy as it gets, sometimes it drops down. One of the pieces um, for me is that like uh, I ask these questions, but I know for me um, art sometimes is complete mystery. And I'll give you one, ex one example. Um, it was an artist, Raven Juarez. Uh, and it was during the, she does some painting and it was during the wildfires that are out here in the Pacific Northwest scared the shit out of me. It was, like, is it going to, like, blow all the way across and say, I, I've never seen or heard anything like it before. Um, I'm an East Coaster. So, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, so that was in, um, Raven did a painting that I bumped into later that was from my dream. That was, like, a dream that I had of, like, um, fire, uh, trees, animals, and movement. And I was just startled. Like, I was just startled. And it was the type of thing where, within philosophy, right? Like, oh, we're talking, we want to explain things. And what's the answer? Knowing full well, I can't explain anything about me seeing a painting from another artist who I've never met in person. And I saw something that was in my head. Like, in how do you explain that? And I think even in this, like, investigation and inquiry, I know that a lot of times art just kind of seems to be like how did that happen like how did that occur yeah that's like uh, what do they say when you see something that means you're doing something you were meant to do <laughs> yeah 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 I don't I think uh I don't know like I think that's the thing too is uh 
I feel like within indigenous art, like there's a lot of expression of of uh, that, and I get surprised when when people share that, you know, because it's a pretty personal thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, but I guess if if you feel like you want to share something super personal, I guess that that's what it can be, you know. And uh, I don't know. I think it just depends on what the purpose is of of you know what it is and, and sometime you're doing it because it was like that situation like she had to do it because probably it was meant to be seen you know yeah yeah um I want to ask you a couple more questions uh the big one speaking of philosophical questions uh, why do you why is there something rather than nothing and there's always something <laughs> <laughs> there's always something. There's always something, and it's just oh. <laughs> uh, that's what I feel when when I hear that question. There's always there's something. always there's always something. It almost sounds like a complaint at a certain point. Like, geez, there's always there's something. <laughs> so much. I so I think where I take that is like in in trying to have a peaceful life or like a, a good situation um, or I guess really where I take that is in my sobriety there's always something like sort of the way it was put to me is like if you if being good was so easy then everybody would do it yeah. And uh, if making good choices was so easy, you know, everybody would do it. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it comes down to it's not. And so that's where that's where that went for me is it's, there's always something that will test you like yeah. all the time. Like you you have to go through some weird thing. And then I feel like it's like you have like this this baby graduation that nobody knows about. Like, oh, I did that in life. And uh, now, I, now I know how to go through that. Yeah. Uh, that's why there's that's why there's not nothing, is because nothing is like the bad. It's like the bad is like uh, blowing off your responsibilities and um, never having to go through the consequences. Uh, God, there's people like that, and I don't know how they get through life like that they somehow always get away with everything <laughs> they make a bad decision and maybe maybe it's just that I'm not seeing the bad things that they go through but they seem to always have they get to travel they get to they get money they get to go all these places and do all these things and never have to they never have to pay for you know living like this lavish easy life or whatever but yeah but it's like uh doing just just trying to have a good life and trying to get through it and uh you have your like ugly cry moments and you have your i don't know that that's where i take it is like there's always something and it's that thing that that makes you stronger whatever yeah. it is it's no, you're going I'm... through something hardcore and it makes you stronger and then all of a sudden one day you get to say you adulted. <laughs> you adulted. I made it. I made it through. <laughs> yeah. I made it through. Leveled yeah. up. Made it through. Yeah. And there's yeah. something about that too, like the private part of, like you said, where you know, like as an individual or an artist, as far as like 
that piece. And uh, yeah, it's a silent, a silent part of um, silent part of it. All right. Uh, I have to uh, before before I let you go, Salisha, I want to. Here's the frustration of that the audio wonderful talking to you, but I need to point the listeners to where they can see <laughs> see your beautiful artwork. Can you can you tell us uh, where to find your artwork? Yeah, uh, so like I have this little portfolio that I have trouble keeping up with, um, but it's at saylisaoldboyart.com. But then I have um, Instagram. And I have two profiles. One has nothing on it because that profile got hacked and I never went back to it, but it functions. That one's nothing. The other one's something. The other (laughs) one has a whole bunch of stuff on it. And that one is uh, Salisha Bull. It's like part of, I took part of my last name out because um, now I have two accounts. Anyway, that's my life. Um, And then I have a Facebook page because I'm old school like that. Old school. Yeah, say they show old boy art. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I I really enjoy uh, your artwork. And I want to thank you, too, for, um, like I said at the beginning, too, on the, on the beadwork. Um, I'm very curious. And um, being able to read and understand um, a bit more, like that my brain, not as knowledgeable of beadwork, but being able to understand, like, composition, um uh, is, is, it's a real thrill for me and kind of helps propel me to, uh, you know, to look and understand more. But um, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on to the show um, in, in sharing your thoughts uh, in, in your artwork and about the Santa Fe experience. That was a, that was a, that was a thrill for me, um, you know, being newer to visit that area and not getting over to Santa Fe, but hearing about something so big, so grand, that a lot of people talk about and reference um, was really exciting uh, uh, to see. So, um, yeah, thanks again. And um, I hope we get the chance to talk again uh, in the future. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> thanks, Alicia. All right, thank you. This is something rather than nothing. And listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing podcast.